This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man ihtada bi hudahu wa ba'd. We always praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what happens in our lives. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because indeed it is He who is in control of everything that happens. Everything that happens, not only to us as human beings, but entire creation. Absolute control of it is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon all conditions. We seek his protection from the condition of those who shall be cast into hellfire. At the same time, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his entire household without exception, and all his companions without exception. We send blessings upon all of them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of them. And we ask Allah to bless every single one of us and our offspring, and the ummah, and humanity at large. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all to the straight path and keep us on that straight path. My beloved brothers and sisters in this beautiful masjid, Masjid Taqwa in Port Elizabeth, I want to speak about something very important, extremely important. Every one of us has it. And without it, we wouldn't be living it is something so important, yet it is so small. It is something so important, yet it is so delicate. It is something that without it, people would cry for us. If I missed it, if I didn't have it, if something went wrong with it, those who love me would begin to cry. It is something that has to it, not just a physical aspect, but it has to it also a spiritual aspect. It has to it not just a physical and spiritual aspect, but even an emotional aspect. And it is connected to us in such a way that we are called living because of it. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? The heart, subhanAllah. The heart, what an important organ. It is no bones. And it is a very, very serious organ. The Prophet ﷺ speaks about other organs that don't have bones, pieces of flesh. And he says, Whoever guarantees me the correct use of that which is between their cheeks, referring to the tongue. The tongue also, you, you and I know, that it is very small, but at the same time, the damage done by it can be severe. We all know that the damage done by it can remove a person from the fold of Islam, and the goodness from it can actually result in a person's entry into paradise. That's the tongue. But the tongue is also closely connected to the heart. When your heart is in the best of conditions, it automatically controls that tongue. So much so that there's a connection between the brain and the heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it. 
Allah says, some people have a heart that they don't think with. Why does He say that? Yet the brain is what we would say we use to think. But it's because the connection of the two is such that when the heart is good and clean, automatically the brain begins to think in a good and clean manner. It is very closely connected. But when your heart is dirty and filthy, no matter how intelligent you may be in terms of the brain, that brain will not be able to think in a way that you as a believer is supposed to think. And the rest of that narration, the Prophet ﷺ says, whoever guarantees me the correct use of two things, I guarantee him a place in paradise. The first, that which is between the cheeks, the tongue. And the second, that which is between the thighs, the private organs, the private parts. The Prophet ﷺ says, you use these two correctly, I guarantee you a place in paradise. And I want to tell you, to be able to use those two correctly, you need to use your brain. And to be able to use your brain correctly, you need to have a heart that is clean. And the cleanliness of the heart is connected to your connection with the maker of that particular heart. Subhanallah. That's what it is. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُّ قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Those who believe and achieve comfort of the heart, their hearts become calmed by the remembrance of Allah. Those who are true believers, their hearts indeed become calm when they remember Allah. And indeed there is calmness in the remembrance of Allah, of the heart. You want your heart to be calm, you want it to be clean, you want it to be good. You do one thing. What is it? Remember Allah. Remember Allah. The remembrance of Allah will bring about the consciousness of Allah. If you go out, you come in, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Whenever anything happens, you immediately relate it to Allah. You're thinking of Allah, you're relating things to Allah. What happens? You're developing the cleanliness of your heart. Automatically, something known as taqwa comes into being. This masjid is also known as taqwa. The idea is, when we get into the house of Allah, we would offer, we would offer prayers. For whom? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But our sincerity level sometimes low. Our concentration level most of the time, not where it should be. But we hope that Allah will accept it through His mercy. However, when we walk out of here, the heart should be cleaner than it was when we walked in. And this is why I have heard and subsequently even practiced upon a reminder just before we start salah with jama'ah. You know when we get up for jama'ah, the Prophet ﷺ used to say so many things as the iqamah is done. Telling us that the salah is ready. What happens? The Prophet ﷺ would say, Sawu 
Atimmu saf al-awwal fal-awwal. He used to say, straighten the rose, for indeed, the straightening of the rose is part of the perfection of your prayer. When your rows are straight, when your heels are in line with your shoulders and everyone is standing heel to heel, shoulder to shoulder, then obviously what would be achieved would be much more than if you are jagged. And he says, complete the first row and then the next. One by one. You cannot just leave gaps and then carry on the next one, the third one. No. Fill the first one and then the next. It will be better for you and your hearts to come closer. So much so that he said, وَلَا تَخْتَلِفُوا فَتَخْتَلِفَ قُلُوبُكُمْ Listen to the statement. وَلَا تَخْتَلِفُوا فَتَخْتَلِفَ قُلُوبُكُمْ Do not let your rows in prayer become jagged. So that as a result, your hearts will become jagged. You will be disunited. So before you commence your prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make sure that your heart is clean. Number one, there's no point in having a dirty, filthy heart filled with jealousy, enmity, hatred, envy, whatever else you have. The love of the dunya to the degree of transgression of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can love here and there, but not beyond the love of Allah. Remember this. Someone might say, well, I love my car, I love my house, I love... No problem. Those words are words of love. It does not mean you love it more than Allah and His instructions. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of all these things, at the end He says, أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ He speaks about your children, your family and so on and your parents and whatever else, your, your tijara and your business and your profit and your wealth. If all of that is more loved than Allah and His Messenger, you now have a problem. That's what he says. Which means I'm allowed to love it, but not more than Allah. When Allah's instruction comes, it comes first. This is what it is. So, getting up for the sufuf to say, Straighten your rows and ensure that you take a moment to clean the heart. Wow. Straighten your rows and straighten your heart at the same time. Do what? Remove hatred. Take it out. Today, we do have a problem whereby people are promoting hatred in the ummah. It's a crisis. Identify these people and be careful. They are spoiling and messing. The organ that is the most important organ of your body. One man was actually told by Rasulullah and that statement came as a statement where the Prophet informed others about him. And as a result of the story, it came out as to why the Prophet said what he said. Do you know what he said? He said that man is... From paradise. If you want to see a man of paradise, look at him. And he was walking away. A man walking away. Sahabi. So the Sahaba عنهم, were inquisitive. Some of them tried to find out. Some of them followed him. And so on. It ended such that the man was asked and one quality came out of him. And that was, every night as I recline, I remove from my heart the hatred for anyone who's a believer. I remove from my heart the hatred. This hatred that will destroy an individual. That was the quality that would earn him Jannah. You want Jannah? Clean your heart. Clean your heart. 
you will have differences amongst you that doesn't mean you need to have a dirty heart it doesn't mean you need to be vulgar it doesn't mean you need to be abusive it doesn't mean you need to be jealous you need to have hatred envy enmity you know do down someone in a dirty way no you may have your differences you will discuss them you may have issues even within your family even with your spouse how many of us have differences with our own children does it mean we hate them no we may disagree on a matter we may be trying to resolve a matter but hatred no it's not there my heart needs to be clean your heart is so small it has so little space do not waste the space by putting in it that which is going to result in its sickness you know when you have extra grease in your heart what do they tell you your cholesterol is high so what happens you then need to go on to some medication to lower it because if it becomes too high you may suffer a heart attack i can tell you exactly the same thing regarding spirituality regarding your closeness to allah when you allow that hatred to overtake you when you look at other believers and you despise them your heart becomes dead your heart begins to grow disease the thickness or the grease on a spiritual note becomes such that it clogs the arteries and you become a person who cannot look with the correct eyes you look at everyone with animosity with hatred you look at someone else and you think to yourself this person is dirty filthy because you are looking at them through the same glasses you need to stop that you need to make sure you clean your heart the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says in a beautiful hadith of an nu'man ibn bashir radiyallahu anhu reported in sahih muslim and it's a long narration he speaks of halal and haram and how this is very clear and that is very clear and then he says wa bainahuma umurun mushtabihatun la ya'lamuhunna kathirun min an-nas between the halal and the haram in the middle is a gray area that many people may not know which means some people would know but many would not so say you're in doubt what should you do when when in doubt leave it out simple as that when in doubt leave it out how many of us when in doubt we tell ourselves there's a difference of opinion so it's okay i will go for it how many of us say that If you are really doubting if you know something that's another issue like the hadith says one is clear the other one is clear halal is clear haram is clear in the middle issues sometimes that you may not know it may be clear for some and not clear for some so if it's not clear for you the hadith says faman ittaqa shubuhati faqad istabra'a li dinihi wa irdihi whoever stays away from what they are doubting doubtful what they are doubting they have protected themselves their deen and themselves they have protected Imagine someone tells me this is either permissible or not permissible. They didn't say it's farad or not farad. When it comes to farad, have you noticed the differences are very small, very very small. We all would agree there's five salah. We all would agree even the number of units in the farad salah. We would all agree about the zakah issues, you know, how much to give and so on. Then when it comes to something extra, permissibility, impermissibility, you have a little bit more of difference of opinion. So say for example. people are saying this is permissible and some are saying it's not permissible if i did it the chances of me doing something wrong are there they are there no matter how small or big they are they are there even if it's 1% chance but if i didn't do it 
the chances of me having done something wrong are nil. Note. Because it's not compulsory. It's permissible. I want to repeat that. When there is something being debated as to its permissibility or prohibition, no matter what it is, there is a debate about its permissibility and prohibition. And I am confused. I don't know. When I'm confused, if I do it, the chances of me doing something wrong are there. If I don't do it, the chances of me doing something wrong are not there. I didn't do it. None of the two parties said it's compulsory. They're just saying there's an argument about its permissibility. This goes from acts of worship to food all the whole way, the entire spectrum from here all the way to there. There's permissible and not permissible. If it's something in the middle where it's disputed and you are confused, leave it out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. May Allah safeguard us all. It happens with food and it goes all the way up to the spiritual ladder and it goes into acts of worship. People are saying, this is okay, this is not okay. And there's a big argument. If you know, no problem. But if you're confused, trust me, just leave it out. You won't go wrong. You would not have participated in something that you can say, I think I just did something wrong. You wouldn't have. So it's got to do with the heart. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the people whose hearts are dirty. And the fact that they will not be able to think. They can't use their heart. They have a brain, they have a mind. They can't understand with it. But the term used is qulub. Qulub means the heart. So they don't understand with their heart. They can't think with their heart. Why is Allah saying that? Allah says... Because their hearts are so filthy that they're clogged, spiritually dead. So no matter how highly educated they are, the fact that the heart is dirty, they won't understand certain matters. They just won't. Like you and I would know, we are believers. Your iman will drive you to surrender to a verse of the Quran. Your iman will drive you to surrender to the hukum and the law of Allah. But if you don't have the iman, you know what? Something wrong with your heart. You can read the verses a hundred times, they won't register. Nothing will happen to you. People can tell you, look, you are doing something against Allah. You won't bat an eyelid. You say, well, look, it's okay. It's one of those things. Astaghfirullah. But if you have a little bit of iman, when a verse of the Quran is read, you begin to tremble. You begin to shake. Why? It's the condition of the heart. That's why Allah says, regarding the day of judgment, Allah says, on that day, your wealth won't help you. Your children won't help you. On the day that wealth and children will help nobody. The only person who will achieve help and assistance, the one who has a pure heart. A heart without disease. Qalbun Salim. Salim referring to the highest level of health. It's a healthy heart. It's got nothing wrong with it. No ailment at all. It's a Qalbun Salim. So you and I, the struggle that we have in this dunya, in this world, is to try our best to clean the heart all the time. Your clothing, you wear it a day. If it is white, you will have to wash it the next day. The type of detergent you use will have to be, for example, a detergent that when you mix it in water does not change color. If you mix detergent in water or the whatever you're going to use in terms of the powder, the washing powder, you mix it in water and it becomes blue or green, trust me, your white 
will be decolorized. So you need to know what you're doing. You might want to add a little bit of vanish to it in order to keep that white color. I'm giving my secrets away. Anyway, so it's one of those things and you have to do it regularly. You have to do it regularly. You can't say, okay, I'm going to wear this for a week and then I'll see what happens. By that time, it's going to be cream in color. With your heart every day, five times a day, you plug in with Allah. It's in order to clean your heart. The heart develops rust. That rust is quicker than any other rust you can have. It becomes attached to things it's not supposed to be attached to, to a level that it's not supposed to be attached to. You might say, I'm attached to my children. I'm attached to my business. I'm attached. No problem. On condition that that attachment can be detached if Allah wants. You can lose everything. That's what Allah says. Just bear that in mind. It's us and our mercy that's giving it to you at a proportion that we've decided. So keep on praying. We do things in order to help you to keep that heart clean. That's what Allah says. We do things to you. We give you sickness in order for you to keep your heart clean. We give you loss in order for you to keep your heart clean. We, we take away so many things from you in order to keep your heart clean. It softens up. When it softens up, it becomes clean. You know, hard man, strong man, suddenly one thing after the other, and then he starts making dua to Allah. He didn't used to do that before. It's such a good sign. So the cleaning of the heart or the cleansing of the heart is absolutely important for a believer. My brothers and sisters, the diseases that we are affected by today, sometimes they're not picked up. A man looks healthy, suddenly he's had a heart attack. The same applies. We look religious and pious, suddenly spiritually dead. When you get too used to committing a sin, your heart becomes dead. When you get too attached to something, your heart becomes dead. So you need a check. How does the check happen? In many ways. One of them, to have good company. Remember this. I tell the young boys and girls of today, who go out sometimes to study or various other places, they say, please give us some advice. I'm going to study at this university. I'll be out for four or five years in China, for example. Reality, they ask you, now, what are you going to tell a child? You're going to have to give him a whole lecture because he's going for four years. You're going to have to give him all the probabilities, possibilities, sometimes seven years, depending on what they're studying. Rather than all of that, tell them, look, my son, do yourself one favor. Keep the company of those who are far better than you religiously. That's all I'm asking you. There's nothing else you need to say. Make sure your friends are people who are better than you, religiously, full stop. Nothing else. Why? Because that is all-encompassing. It is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. O you who believe, fear Allah, be conscious of Allah, and be with those who are truthful to Allah. That's all. So if you want the consciousness and you, you are with those who are truthful, it will help you develop and maintain and perhaps push on to a higher level. The minute you have people who are lower than you in company, one of two things happen. Either you are strong enough to help them and you are the one whom they are looking up to, to, to emulate and to follow. Or it's the other way around in most cases. You have 10 young men. All of them on drugs and going to the clubs, for example. All of them drinking. All of them having bad habits. And you're the only one. And you say, don't worry. They're in good company. They will be in good company. But for how long? If you're not seeing an improvement in their lives, trust me, you're in bad company. You're in bad company. Before you know it, you'll say, no, let me just go once, you know. 
And then someone says, what were you doing in the club? You say, hey, hey, you're a mu'min. Don't you know, you mustn't have a dirty heart. Dirty hearts jump to conclusions. You need to not jump to conclusions. I just went there to see so that I can help them, guide them. Inshallah, now I know exactly what they get up to. That's the first step. That's the way they want to trap you. Shaitan wants to trap you. So a good heart. Yes, all of us need to know that the best of hearts, the clean heart is a heart that looks for excuses for someone else. You see someone walking out of a nightclub, a good heart. The first impression will be, you know what? I, I think this young man went in there to take the others out. Ah, that's a good heart, mashallah. Unless you see them obviously not even able to walk. Then you, then you might want to think, no, they went in there by mistake. Someone must have spiked their Coca-Cola, you know. May Allah forgive us. When you think sometimes, you need to think also with a bit of evidence. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. But something not affecting you, something that you are not connected to, something that does not concern you. Do not jump to dirty conclusions. Jump to a clean conclusion. Jumping to dirty conclusions is the sign of a dirty heart. Jumping to good conclusions is the sign of a good heart, a clean heart. Things happen. I saw someone do something. I saw someone greet the opposite sex, for example, in the middle of the street. And you know, I see them smile. Wow. And they walked away. They were blushing. Okay. I have a dirty heart. I jump to a dirty conclusion. I have a clean heart. I have a clean conclusion. Simple. So cleanse your heart. Cleaning your heart would mean having an excuse for your brothers and sisters. Even if it means 70 excuses. Search for them. Look for them. A clean heart will take away miserliness. When we become selfish, the heart becomes dirty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about, and I was saying good company, how it helps. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us through the blessed lips of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding good company being like someone who has a perfume store. They will either give you a gift, you know they have a perfume store. Every day you walk in, salam alaikum, how are you, mashallah, you walk away. And what does the hadith say? The hadith says, they might decide to give you a gift. So they give you a itr, mashallah, perfume, subhanallah. And you're so excited, hey, alhamdulillah, today I got a perfume. But if you were never in their company, do you expect to get the perfume? No, you don't. And the hadith says, if they didn't give it to you, the minimum is, every time you pass there, you benefited from the good smell. So I know a man, in one of the cities, he had a business. And every day, one Muslim used to go to him and greet him and greet him. He was selling some hardware. And he came to me about a month later and says, I greet him every day, inshallah. One day he'll give me a wheelbarrow full of tiles, inshallah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what the hadith means. The hadith is only giving you an example of good company that automatically you will benefit from it. You are with people who don't miss their salah. Trust me, even if you're lazy, you won't be able to tell them, you guys carry on. I'm just feeling a bit lazy. You won't. You'll have to say, ah. In your mind, you're saying, oh no. But that, oh no, it will last once, twice, thrice. After about a week or two, you, you're in the groove. Salah time comes and you're also up. Subhanallah. But if you were never in that company, what happens? No. So getting used to this is a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maintain good company. And if you have people who have bad habits, there is a way to correct them. A clean heart will correct people in a dignified manner. A dirty heart that needs urgent help will rectify people in a dirty manner. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us guidance. When a young boy corrects an old man, if the old man has a clean heart, he will take correction. 
And you know what? He will thank Allah. Today, a little child corrected me. When a man has a dirty heart, even if the child is telling him one plus one is two, his arrogance will make him say, shut up. Astaghfirullah. Look at how dirty it sounded. Dirty words are used by people who have a dirty heart. Have you ever heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam use a dirty word? Ever. Ever. Did he ever say, it's my way, it's my path? Never. He didn't. And look at Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. The child he was. Ya abati inni qad ja'ani min al-ilmi ma lam ya'tik fattabi'ni ahdika siratan sawiyya. Oh my father, as young as I am, as a child as I am to you, knowledge has come to me that didn't come to you. Follow me, I will guide you to the path. The father refused, arrogance. Too closely connected to his business of selling and buying these idols and whatnot. No way. I cannot accept what my child is saying. But deep down, he knew that the son was right. Similar things happened to the people of Quraysh. Some of them, what did they decide to say? They decided to reject Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraik, Abu Sufyan. Later on he accepted, but Abu Jahl. And some of the other leaders, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, some of these people used to actually listen to the Qur'an. And they used to go quietly and they used to know it's correct. Then they used to utter bad words against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They swore him, they called him names. Never did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam hurl abuse against them who were the enemies. We today hurl abuse at those who might even be the friends of Allah. And we consider it an act of worship. And we justify it on top of that. And we will never accept correction. If that's the case, what's the condition of your heart? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. And at the same time, if you take a look at those people, Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قَدْ نَعْلَمُ إِنَّهُ لَيَحْزُنُكَ الَّذِي يَقُولُونَ We know that their statements, their bad statements and accusations against you hurt you. We know that their words hurt you. We know it. That's what Allah is saying. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكَ They're not belying you. They know that what you're saying is the truth. They know that what you're uttering is indeed the truth. But their hearts are dirty. They are too connected to the dunya. They have so much in terms of their position and their clout. And they think we are the chiefs and the leaders. And we're going to lose this and that if we accept what this young man is saying. And you know what Allah says? <laughs> indeed, it is those who are oppressors that have denied the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are oppressors. They are arrogant. They have this dirty heart. They'll never see it. Take a look at, I give you another example. Those who soften their hearts for Allah, Allah guided them. Subhanallah. Those who soften their hearts for Allah, Allah guided them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthened them. But those whose hearts were not clean, they saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in person. They heard from him his voice. They heard him read the Quran. 
in his voice. Today we get excited, mashallah, there's this reader, Ra'ad ibn Muhammad al-Kurdi. I don't know if you heard of him. Powerful reader from Iraq. There's another reader, you might hear of a new name somewhere else on the globe. And everyone's excited. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? And we're sending names to each other or little clips of YouTube. Wow, this child, that child. And we get excited. What if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had to recite for us? But then I have another question. If he did, would we accept the message? That's a question. Would we accept the message? Imagine if we were doing something wrong, and then we have Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam recite for us a verse, and we say, hey guy, you know what, relax. Astaghfirullah, that's the biggest disrespect. But we have the words of Allah being recited to us, we do the same thing. It's a, it's a, Allahu Akbar. It's a sign that we need to penetrate the heart, ASAP. Cleanse it, soften it. And one of the ways of softening it is thinking about death. It's the only certainty. The only thing that is absolutely certain is that you and I are going to die. That's it. So those people, Allah says, their hearts were dirty. When it came to Najashi, that's one example, Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, the day he came out to execute Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, another example. What happened? The heart became softened even for a moment, for one moment. That was enough for him to have understood, hey, this is the word of Allah, my life needs to change. This is why we say, when there is a program, when ulama are in your midst, when pious people are in your midst, make use of it. Why? There might be a moment where your heart softens up. That moment your heart might have opened and it was filled with something and subhanallah, your life changed. Your life changed. Why? Because your heart was in the right condition. With them, they heard three or four verses of the Quran, their lives changed. And Najashi, did Jafar ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu read the entire Quran for him? No. He just read a few verses of Surah Maryam. Done. What happened? He started crying. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, he heard a few verses of Surah Taha. What happened? He declared his shahada. From one of the biggest enemies to one of the staunchest supporters. Over a period of how long? How long? Split seconds. You and I hear verses of the Quran daily. In Salah. We read them. Come Ramadan, we might even finish the entire Quran in the month. And we are proud about it. But guess what? We haven't left our sins. We haven't left our hatred, our enmity, our jealousy, our envy. We haven't stopped all the unacceptable behavior that we've been engaging in for so long. And we've just been reading the Quran. What type of connection is this? So Allah says, do you want to know the people with a good heart? Allah says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ The true believers are those whom when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. You talk about Allah, the heart is trembling. Hey, Allah, that's my maker. That's the one who's decided whether I'm going to Jannah or Jahannam. That's the one whose mercy I would love to achieve. I want to go into Jannah through his mercy, not through my deeds. Remember the deeds we do are just by the way. We do them definitely for the sake of Allah. But I'm expecting to go into Jannah through the mercy of Allah. Because I don't even know if my deeds are acceptable or not because of my level of concentration and sincerity and everything else. We come for salah, sometimes half-heartedly. When I say half-heartedly, we come late and we go out first. And sometimes we come, we're rushing, 
We make wudu like it was a big burden and we come for salah and we fulfill it because we have to do it. And I've said in the past, there's a very big difference between fulfilling the farah because you have to and doing it because you want to. The day you fulfill your farah because you want to, it's depictive of the fact that your heart is now on another level. I came to the masjid because I want to, not because I have to. I know it's obligatory. I, I obviously, that's farah, that's part of Islam. But up to now, I used to come because I had to come. If I didn't fulfill this, there was punishment coming in my direction. But I'm doing this because I want to. So what happens? You'll come 15 minutes early because it's an honor. It's an honor. You sit because it's an honor. You take your time in salah because it's an honor. Not because you just have to get done with it. A lot of us, sadly, myself included, I'm not denying. We need help in this regard. We need to improve constantly. And that's why to, to keep us all humble, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created us perfect. Imagine if He created us perfect. I don't even know where we would be. But we are not perfect. None of us can say that we are perfect. That is why I need to say, the speaker included, I also need help to perfect, to improve. And no matter what level you're on, you still need help. You need help to get onto the next level. <coughs> and the minute you think, right, that's it. I'm the most holiest here. Those holes convert to you know, proper holes. May Allah forgive us. My brothers and sisters, it's about time we loved one another. Without barriers. Your color can be what it wants. Your background can be what it wants. Your ethnicity, whatever else can be what it wants. The fact that you are my brother or sister in the deen, guess what? I love you. If I have differences, I'll discuss them. And we might discuss it up to the end, up to the end of my life. I might not agree with you on matters, but guess what? I love you. You have bad habits. I don't like those habits. I really don't. You're a mu'min. I will talk to you. A clean heart speaks to the person. A dirty heart speaks to everyone but the person. Today, you see someone, I give you an example, came to my mind right now. See someone with a bottle of alcohol. And immediately you take a picture and it's on Snapchat. And the next thing it's on Instagram. Before you know it, people are tweeting about it, WhatsApping it across the world, telegramming it and everything else. And the poor man, had you spoken to him for two minutes, my brother, MashaAllah, Allah has blessed you with so much in life. You know, Alhamdulillah, I'm sure this is not your habit. But brother, don't even be seen holding this bottle. I would love that Allah have mercy on me and on you. And speak, say something. But to who? To that person. That's a sign of a clean heart. You are concerned. Because the hadith speaks about a true believer having concern about a fellow believer in the same way he would love to have others have concern about him regarding the same matter. And that's why the hadith says, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsihi. None of you can consider yourselves true believers until you love for your fellow Muslim what you love for yourself. You know, you would love for your faults to be concealed. You would love for someone to work on you so that your bad habits can be eradicated and you can improve. Well, spend time with others in a beautiful way. Go respectfully correct people. That is a sign of a clean heart when you respectfully correct someone. And sometimes, difference of opinion, you might be the person who's wrong. A clean heart 
always looks into it to say, Are you, am I sure I'm not going wrong somewhere? I'm sure it happens to us. Sometimes you suffer a loss or you have a dispute with someone regarding something and you know, you just blame them. And that's it and it stops. But a clean heart, before that happens, will always look into itself. Am I sure that, you know, I'm not to blame anyway? Okay, if I am, correct myself. If I'm not, let me respectfully try and sort this matter out. If I tried and I still can't, I love the brother, but you know what? This matter here has distanced us a little bit. I prefer to just say, Salaamu Alaikum brother, Wa Alaikum Salaam, and that's it. I don't, you don't have to. It's not farah to actually be in each other's lives as a Muslim. No. But the minimum is, brother, I love you for the sake of Allah. I can't really do much with you because we've had a few experiences and sad realities. We think slightly differently, but I will not cause you harm. That's one guarantee. Assalamu alaikum. There will be peace upon you. I'm asking for peace to be upon you from Allah. And I'm telling you that peace upon you also from me. I won't harm you. I'm not going to harm you. So you don't get along with someone. It's one of those things. It happens. We are human beings. But don't harm them. There we are. It's a sign of a good heart. A clean heart. So this is the organ. Look at it. Small organ. A heart. It pumps. You know, according to some of the statistics, or should I say the figures, how many times does a heart pump in the day? Do you know? A thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifty thousand, seventy thousand? No. Double that. One hundred and thirty-six thousand times. If it were to stop once, you would pay seventy thousand rands quickly to sort it out. I promise you, it's a reality. Ask those who struggled. May Allah grant you shifa. May Allah grant us all goodness. I'm standing in front of you. I really don't know the physical condition of this heart. The spiritual condition of it, we are trying. May Allah forgive our shortcomings. And may Allah help us all to polish it. One of the ways of polishing that rust that develops on the heart, the hadith says, Dhikrullahi. The remembrance of Allah. Look, we're going back to that word. Remembrance of Allah. Remember Allah. The problem with us, we've translated that word to one small compartment of the meaning of it. So we will sit and we will say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. And for us, that was the dhikr of Allah. When we walk out of the masjid, we still have the same bottle. We're still in the same casino. We're still in the same nightclub. We're still on the same drugs. We're still committing the same adultery. And we're still cheating and deceiving. And we're still crooking the whole system and claiming that, you know what? It's all okay. Why? Because you haven't understood dhikrullah. That's why. You've interpreted it as a physical action. No. That's a part of it. It's supposed to impact on your spirituality. To know that even the subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar you've said is accepted, it needs to have an effect on your life. To know that your hajj is accepted, it needs to have changed your life. To know that your Ramadan and fasting is accepted, your taqwa levels need to have improved. That's common. We all know that. So if a person goes for hajj, comes back and engages in the same filth, you need to know perhaps the farad might be done, but its acceptance in the eyes of Allah, nil. The farad might be done. You might say, I've ticked off my hajj. How many of us, we tick off fajr, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, but it's just physical. Bring your heart into the picture. Try and plug in. Allahu Akbar. Do you know what you've said? Who are you standing in front of? What is it? What condition are you in? Why are you doing what you're doing? You go down to the ground. There are people across the globe today who live life just for money. 
And that's it. Everything is about money. That money is earned through the week and in the weekend they party. That's the life of the people outside. You know that? That's why they get depressed so quickly. Because no matter what they have, they're never satisfied. But look at a mu'min. A mu'min is always happy with what Allah's blessed him with. Yes, he will try to get more. And from the more that he gets, he will dedicate some for the sake of Allah. Some for his family. Some perhaps to develop his business. Some maybe for himself. You're allowed. But that's a mu'min. A person who's not a mu'min, all of it is blown. That's it. And if it is invested somewhere, it's only to be able to get more, to blow more. That's all. That's life. So my brothers and sisters, let's cleanse the heart. There are so many verses in the Quran that speak of the heart. And speak of how the heart is impacted by goodness that comes. Primarily, the words of Allah. The Quran. The dhikr, the remembrance of Allah. You remember Allah. The heart is clean. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us engage in the true dhikr. In a way that yes, together with our tasbih, we will also be able to change our lives. We will become conscious of Allah. We become conscious of one another's rights. We eradicate or try and minimize the hatred, the jealousy, the envy, the evil, the vulgar words we use for the sake of Allah. Vulgar words will never ever get you to Jannah. No, they are not a sunnah, not at all. It's not the method of the Prophet And I find myself reminding my, myself about the same because I'm worried. Imagine a person who's used disastrous language. You think about it. Close your eyes for a moment and think about it. Where would they be standing? The door of Jannah or another door? I don't even want to say where else. A person who's got bad, a bad mouth. Terrible words come out. Brothers and sisters, don't abuse one another. And don't use vulgar words, even jokingly, even in your slang. Slang means, you know, something small happens, we use the F word today for nothing. Good people use it. Why? Just like that. You didn't mean anything. Substitute it. You know, when you get hurt, what do they say? They use the... The word that starts with an S and they count it light, you know, shh, you know, you can end it for me. You, rather, you get hurt, you say, Astaghfirullah, Subhanallah. That's better. Get used to that. Because the day you crash into someone, the final crash of your car accident that resulted in your death, as the impact came, what would be your last word? A word you always used to when something knocks, isn't it? I hope it's not an F word. I promise you, I'm speaking reality. And I've developed the courage to say it because it's the truth. But if you used to, Allahu Akbar, what will happen? That will be your last word. Imagine the angel writes for you. This man, his last word was, Allah is the greatest. Where, where do you think you're going to be standing? In front of Jannah or another door? You tell me. That's why we say, think about it. Substitute your language. Use the best words you can. Don't use bad words. Don't be used. You know, if someone is really a terrible person, a bad person, Use respectful words to refer to them. Even if you might want to highlight the fact that they, there is something wrong here. You don't need to become derogatory because that's a sign of a dirty heart. That's clear cut. Clear cut. There's no two ways about it. Clean the heart. There is a method to do things. 
A lot of the problems we have in the ummah today connected to a dirty heart. Take a look at us and our condition and I will end with this. Across the globe we are mere pockets. Each pocket talks about the other maybe sometimes, you know, but no one does anything. And if anyone does things, it's negative. And we play the blame game. These people are to blame, those people are to blame. Hey, we're sinking together right now. Do you know that? The ship is sinking. Before you know it, there's going to be a lot that everyone is going to need in terms of assistance and help. So you'd rather start getting together now. One of the ways we will be united as an ummah is when we have clean hearts. We will be able to appreciate each other. We will be able to stand up for one another. We will be able to put aside minor differences and sometimes even major ones in order to stand together for common goal, common purpose. I am here not for no purpose. I am here because it is my concern. Allah has given me the chance to see many Muslim communities across the globe. And everywhere I've been, I've noticed those communities that have love for one another. They are simple people, simple people who have clean hearts. They don't impose things. They don't abuse their fellow believers. And they have progressed in a great way. And you look at the communities that haven't progressed. It's because this one shoots that one and that one shoots this one and this one believes that one is like this, that one believes this one is like this and it's full of hatred where someone greets, no one replies, this one calls that one a name and that one calls this one a name and it's over. And what happens? The enemy is sitting gleefully, excited to say these guys are doing a better job with each other than we could have ever done with any one of them. So just leave them be. That's what's going on. So I'm here to tell you, let's change that. Let's change that. Learn to love one another. Say good things about each other behind each other's backs. Say good things about each other. That's a challenge. I challenge you all. When you speak about someone behind their backs, please make sure it's something really good. Even if it's your mother-in-law. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. I had to say that to see if you're listening to me. <laughs> say good things behind their backs. Say the best thing. There will be 500 good things that you can say about the person. And one or two bad. And we choose the bad. That's it. Why? Say nice things. MashaAllah, you know the brother, Alhamdulillah, he's a good brother. MashaAllah, you know he's always there at the masjid and so on. No, we pick on something else always. Yes, if you've noticed something, go to the brother himself or the sister. First, start off with a dua. That's something you need to do. You, I saw something bad. Oh Allah, help me, guide me. I noticed something. Help me to choose the best way. Oh Allah, correct him without me saying anything. Have you tried that dua? And then you make a dua for a while, for a long time. When you want something, how long do you call Allah for? Long, long time. So with someone else, you need to be more careful about that person. And you'll call out to Allah. And then depending on what it is, it might be a matter that needs to be dealt with urgently. So then you approach them in a beautiful way. If Allah says regarding the Christians and the people of the book and the kuffar, Call to the path of Allah with wisdom That's connected to those who are non-believers What about those who are believers? There needs to be even more wisdom, right? These are your brothers in the deen So Allah says Do not be vulgar against those Or do not mock or make a joke of Those who are calling out to gods besides Allah what about the believers? 
Don't they come first? That's the question I have. If Allah is telling you the disbelievers, the people who are worshipping the cow and the people worshipping stones and sticks and everything else, watch out how you refer to them and their gods. Don't use funny language there because it will have a very bad negative impact and you will be sinful for what you started. And you know what we do? The Muslims, we're using worse words with the Muslims regarding things that are pettier than what Allah mentioned in the Quran. And we call ourselves, mashallah, learned people. And we're not prepared to take advice. Never. Where? Where are we heading? We don't have the fear of Allah. And we're championing the cause, telling everyone else to fear Allah. Why? May Allah forgive us. My brothers and sisters, it's something that's dear. I could shed a tear right now. It is such a serious matter. It results in the destruction of the ummah from the roots. It results in the hatred of everyone for one another. Within the masjid, we have 20 parties. Why? This one hates that one. This is a click of that guy. That's a click of this person. That one. These people read in this corner. This one reads in that corner. That one is... What's going on? Clean the heart. Get rid of all that. We are brothers and sisters in the deen. We spoke about a lot of it this evening. May Allah help me. May Allah guide me. And then all of us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all with the best of hearts. I don't have space in my heart for hatred. No. I don't have space here. It's too expensive to allow rent, the rental of a spot by hatred. No ways. Hatred will not rent, rent a spot in my heart. Inshallah. Yes, we might hate deeds and so on. But the people, we will try with them and keep on trying until the day we die. Their hisab is with Allah, not with us. We try. And at the same time, while we are trying, let's not forget we need it as well. We need it as well. Sometimes those who try to correct others, they feel, you know, I told, I spoke to him so many times, he doesn't want to listen. And the way they make their, themselves like they're the ones, you know, relax. You need more help sometimes than the person you're trying to address. But you don't know because shaitan has got a screen. He's put a screen. Why? The condition of the heart. That's why the hadith says, the person will not enter Jannah at all in whose heart is a mustard seed's weight worth of pride. Why? Because the heart is dirty. Allah says your heart needs to be clean to go to Jannah. Let's start cleaning it from now. May Allah bless us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.